welcome back. And if this is your first time, welcome to Restoring the Blade with Hattori Danzo. This is episode 9, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night. It's a game that I got addicted to briefly. I don't want to say briefly, for about two or three weeks. So with that being said, let's dive right in. The developer of Bloodstained is Artplay, and this is uh, an independent developer, I believe. Forgive me, I haven't really done a lot of research on this. I'm just going by what I know. Uh, The publisher is 505 Games. The producer is Koji Igarashi, who uh, is one of the more popular, or should I say, well-known game developers of what I like to call, I guess, you know what, I don't. I was going to say Silver Age of Gaming, but I don't even know if that's true. But Koji Garashi, you know what, we're going to get back to him. So the director is Shutaro Ida, and the composer is Michiru Yamane, who, uh, who has collaborated with Koji Garashi on other projects that we'll talk about. But uh, she's awesome, to say the least. So, let me just start by saying that Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night, is extremely addicting. Extremely addicting. Uh, you've been warned. <laughs> if you go to play this game, you're, you're going to play the fuck out of it. If you are a fan of this genre, which the genre is what they call Metroidvania slash side scroller, uh, two dimensional retro. Nowadays it's retro. I feel like an old man because the fucking games I used to play are being called retro now. Jeez. Anyway. Oh, and there will be spoilers. So just letting you know. Not like plot spoilers, because I'll be honest with you, I didn't really care about the plot. I just wanted some fucking old school Metrovania, Metroidvania 2D side-scrolling action. So the spoilers are probably... You know what? I don't even know if they're going to be spoilers. I'm just saying that. If there are spoilers, hey, you were warned. If not, sorry, you didn't get to learn more. Anyway. If you're thinking about playing this, seriously, and haven't played Castlevania Symphony of the Night, I strongly suggest you play that first. It's a legendary game, and in my opinion, Bloodstained uses the same foundation and approves upon it in almost all the right ways. So yeah, Koji Igarashi, who is the producer of Bloodstained, left Konami. I don't know if you guys know Konami or not. Uh, They were a major player in shaping the video game world uh, development company. And they basically, from the gamer's perspective, shit the bed. But probably from their perspective, they're making big business moves. But they've they've lost some really great uh, clientele. And uh, some of their intellectual properties have kind of fallen off. Anyway, fuck Konami. Uh, But man... I gotta admit, 
Konami was once one of my absolute favorite video game development companies. Like, they were up there as far as... Like, the, I, if I looked at my collection of games, Konami had probably uh, a third of the titles. Konami developed probably a third of the titles that I owned. So anyway, uh, Koji Garashi left Konami uh, some time ago and began a Kickstarter campaign for Bloodstained. For us old school fans, it was a dream come true because it basically meant that he could directly support or that we could directly support Iga. We call him Iga. And he wouldn't have as much pressure to finish the project as Konami would have pressured him to finish. So basically, Iga... So to go into why I I almost went into that that spiel about Iga earlier, here we go. Iga revolutionized the Castlevania series. Uh, If you don't know what the Castlevania series is, you need to go check it out. I don't even want to go into it because it's just so dense. Uh, You probably do now know, even you youngsters, because of the anime on Netflix. So I'll say that. Go watch the anime on Netflix. If you like it, go check out all the games. So Iga revolutionized it. I can go into detail about it on another podcast if it's necessary, if you guys want me to. If somebody says, hey, would you go into detail about Ego fucking revolutionized Castlevania? I would. But this episode is about Bloodstained, so bye. So let's get the negative shit out of the way, actually. For me, the difficulty is it's good. It's, it's, it's just right during the first quarter of the game uh yeah i would say the first quarter of the game and then it just eventually gets too easy it's 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 not the end of the world because you can equip low level gear to make it more difficult for you like as you get into the higher difficulty settings like nightmare and hard mode and all that stuff uh still though I'd like to be able to use the high-level gear out of necessity. Like, I, I wish it was like, you have to use this fucking gear because you're going to die otherwise. But uh, as far as any other negativity, I would say there were a few glitches upon release, but they've been fixed through patches now. So that's really all I got, man. It's a good game. It's a good game. Now, the good shit. So I'll start with the shard system. It's it's a part of the uh, it's part battle engine, part uh, customization, part grind mode. <laughs> we'll say so. The shard system. I'll be honest here. I actually skipped most of the story parts. I just I didn't care about the story. I'll be I'll be real with you. But for some reason or another, Miriam, the main character, has the ability to steal abilities from demons. Okay? These abilities come to her in the form of enemy drops. So, you kill an enemy. If they drop an ability that she can gain, uh, there's an animation for it. It's actually pretty interesting. So, an actual shard, like a sharp object, crystal-like object is left behind and then (laughs) it impels her and she makes it look and sound excruciating like it's pretty crazy actually 
And there's an option to actually toggle the animation on or off, but I leave it on because it, it doesn't it doesn't get old for me. So shards. There are five categories of shard abilities. Okay, and I, I'm just gonna go ahead and say shard. The shards are the meat and potatoes of the game. So in no particular order, we have conjure, manipulative, directional, passive, and familiar. All right. So let's start with conjure. So conjure is if you're playing the PlayStation Four version, which that's what I play is mapped to the triangle button. And basically, it's like it says, conjure or summon or call forth. a. Uh, you can basically call forth demons and whatnot that you've killed. To, and they come out, they might do an attack and uh, damage some enemies on the screen. Not my favorite ability, but also with conjure comes the uh, ability to do conjure elemental magic. Uh, one of my favorite spells is mapped, I have it mapped to my triangle button. It's this massive, insane lightning spell that just decimates shit. So you can summon, in, uh, summon demons and creatures, and also you can summon elemental forces, from my perspective. So then you have manipulative. And that one's mapped to the R1 button. And it's usually a uh, an ability that depletes your MP. Oh, you have MP, magic points. So, for instance, the Conjure ability, you hit the triangle button, and a fraction of your magic points depletes. Well, with the manipulative, it actually, as you're holding it for the duration of the press, your MP is depleting, because usually these abilities are things that you're uh, you're maintaining throughout battle. My favorite manipulative ability is uh, you get this speed boost. So while you're holding it down, she runs really fast and moves across moves her movement speed just in general gets insanely fast. And while you're holding it down, you your MP is depleting, but eventually you get enough uh, you get your character strong enough to where her magic point regeneration ability cancels out the depletion of that particular move. So it's like you basically have super speed and you're not being penalized for it. So it's one of my favorite things about, about the game. And then you have directional, which is R3 plus R2. And the way that works is you aim with the R3 button and she holds her hand out. Miriam, the main character, holds her hand out and you can aim it in a three six anywhere in a 360 degree motion on the screen. And R2 is actually the trigger. So she gets things like uh, fire spells, lightning spells, uh, like throwing out giant shurikens, throwing bombs, uh, like... Oh, all kinds of shit, man. It's really fucking cool. Then you have passive, which is arguably the greatest thing about shards and the the it's a huge part of the game, basically. It this is the reason 
you grind is the passive ability or the passive shards. And so how the passive shards work is, for instance, you have different types of damage you do. You have great sword, katana, gun, uh, standard sword, kicking, like there's a list of it. So you can actually find shards that enhance your ability, to, that, that enhance the strength of your katana attacks, for instance. Not only that, you can stack it. So you can keep finding, you can keep killing enemies and have them drop the shard. And as they drop the shards for the attack increase, you can stack that. You can actually stack it. And the limit is nine. So that's, I'm scratching the surface with this, people. It's really cool. Uh, there are all kinds of passive abilities. And the beauty of it is once you get nine of the shard, becomes something that you don't have to equip it actually becomes a automatic passive ability so once you and this is what makes you grind the game right here so once i get for instance nine of the katana attack increase shards they're set i don't have to actually go into the menu and set it to uh enhance miriam it's automatically, it's automatically, uh, the effects are automatically uh, benefited from. So, passive, get to know passive abilities early on. If you play this game, get into the passive game quick. Start figuring out what enemies drop passive abilities and fucking grind that shit out. So then you have uh, familiar which is you summon you you summon a helper to basically follow you on screen for the duration of however long you keep that shard equipped. So my favorite helper was this knight dude and they level up. So you start at he starts out level 1, he's following me around, he's helping me kill some enemies. They don't really affect combat like as much as you'd want them to but they do some things so for instance this night guy the reason i like him is every once in a while and it seems like it, it, in clutch moments to real talk with you real talk in clutch moments this dude will see a like a projectile coming at me and jump in front of me and block it and it's pretty fucking cool but besides that, he attacks, like if there's multiple enemies on the screen, rest assured, he's going to be attacking some of those enemies while you attack, while you kill enemies too. So the familiar ability is really cool, and you can level them up, and you can you can stack the shard for them. It's, it's, it's good shit. So shard ability is the, the, sh the, the passive shards, I'm, I'm sorry, the shards in general. You want to get to know that shit. Understand it as soon as you can when you start the game. Uh, so that brings us to combat. As you know, or if you've been following the game, you know. If not, the combat, it's this game is a two-dimensional side-scroller. So the combat is basically left, right, up, and down. <laughs> it's... uh. It's a throwback to, to the Castlevania of old. 
and let me tell you, it's fucking fun. The animations are great. The uh, the abilities you gain are great. The weapon systems, the equipment you get, it, it boils down to the attacks, the equipment, meaning the weapons, the rings, the scarves, the hats, the masks, everything, uh, all make combined to make the battle, the combat engine really fun. So just if you have nothing equipped, Miriam fights with her. She does kicking attacks. And uh, eventually in the game, which in pretty early actually after beginning, actually you get some combat boots at the beginning of the game. And that's how you're doing most of your damage at the beginning of the game. But you can get uh, swords, great swords, uh, rapiers, guns, uh, axes, um, Oh, uh, like greaves, I say greaves, but boots that help you, that, that increase your kick attacks. And so on top of that, you get, you find these bookshelves throughout the castle that you're in. And some of them are dedicated to telling you the story, but some of them are dedicated to giving you moves. So like Street Fighter style quarter circle forward, quarter circle back, uh, plus attack techniques. And this is really, this is really fun in the game. So, and how it works is it might be a particular weapon you need to have. So let's say you have, you're, you're focusing on the great sword class of weapons. Well, you might find one of these bookshelves and there's a technique. If you press quarter circle forward and attack, but you have to have a specific greatsword to do it. So let's say you have the greatsword. Well, first, let's say you don't have it. So if you don't have the greatsword, you can't do the move. But you get the greatsword. Anytime you perform that technique and you kill an enemy doing it, you get experience points towards the mastery of that technique. And once you, the benefit of mastering the technique is once you completely master it, then you get to use it for any great sword that you choose. Now, I'm kind of mixed. I have mixed feelings about this. Why don't they just <laughs> go ahead and give you the technique and let you use it for all your great swords anyway in general as opposed to uh grinding to master the ability and use it because you don't honestly, you don't have to kill many enemies to to do that. So, I guess it's, you know what, I know what, I'm not going to say I know what it is, but I have an idea. It's probably to entice you to go and craft, and that I'm going to get to crafting. Crafting is a whole another monster. It's fun. Uh, so, you look, long story short, combat's great, you learn techniques, and they're badass. You get some great animations. Uh, and you can level up RPG style by killing enemies. You get experience points. And you find items that increase. Like you find. You might find a better sword that you've been using. A higher level sword. Level sword. And it does more damage or whatever. So you have armor. You have scarves. 
which are like everything has different abilities. You have rings. You might get a ring that increases your critical attacks or a ring that enhances the attacks you use that have electricity or fire. Uh, you have masks that may increase your defense. Uh, it's, it's a robust uh, selection of items to aid you in your journey. And then, uh, let's see, we may as well go into the craft system. So, the craft system's pretty cool, actually. I like it. Uh, you basically find items, combine them, and create items. So, if there's a particular sword you're looking for, you might be able to craft it if you have the items on hand. And if you don't, you go out, kill the enemies that drop it, and there you go. Voila. So, it, the crafting gives you a reason to go out and, and just kill enemies, which... The game's fun enough and the combat's fun enough to where it, you're killing enemies anyway. So to me, it just adds a, like a nice little bonus to the fun to go, oh, I can create this weapon. If I have this item, this item, this item, I'm going to go out and kill these enemies that I know that drop it until I get enough of this item to create that weapon. And then I'm really going to do some damage. Uh, also, crafting comes into play for food items. And you can use food items to heal yourself. Uh, oh, speaking of food items. So, yeah, you can craft food items, and the food items can either heal you and be done, or they can heal you and also permanently increase a stat that you have. So, for instance, let's say you create some kind of a souffle. You eat the souffle. Yeah, it heals you, but the bonus to it is... It increases your um, defense permanently or luck permanently. So, once again, another reason the crafting kind of makes you get out there and grind because you want to increase Miriam's stats as much as you can. Uh, so, you can craft food, you can craft armor, you can craft weapons, you can craft items. You can also craft shards, <laughs> which I just covered. Shards are a really fun part of the game. And if you can figure out how to craft specific shards, it makes things a little easier. You don't have to grind as much, but crafting shards is also something. So as you can see, you can make Miriam pretty fucking powerful if you manipulate the systems properly. And that goes, that goes, takes me to my negative part of the, the topic earlier. The game gets easy. So if you go in and you start fucking around with the systems and you get good at it, you actually get really, you get powerful and you just destroy all the enemies in your path. So, yeah. Crafting is great though. And then that brings me to, uh, what else did I like about this game? The graphics. Graphics are uh, cel-shaded, cartoony looking, really good. I like the attack animations. I like, I like a lot of the animations. Uh, some of the uh, enemies and the bosses look really fucking cool. I, I like the animation style that they went with. It's, it's, it's good. I have nothing bad to say about it. Uh, you can actually change the way Miriam looks there's uh spoilers which I already warned you there's an enemy that you encounter that 
he's not an enemy. He's like, hey, wait a minute. I don't want to kill you. I, like, I, I'm cursed. Just help me out. And he actually can cut your hair, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. So you can change her hairstyle. You can change her skin tone. You can change her eye color. You can change the color of her outfit. Uh, so you can kind of make her, you know, look the way you feel. So just throwing that out there. A little more fun. Next, uh, the music. The music is, what can I say? It's fucking Michiru Yamane. She did, uh, for me, I first heard her on Castlevania Symphony Night. So she teamed up with Iga again and created yet another beautiful soundtrack. She's good at this shit, guys. Uh, She has this really awesome Baroque style that she just... She's a master of the Baroque period stuff. Um, I'm constantly bobbing my head or humming along with the, the, the music that's in this game. I can't I can't claim I can't complain about it. So uh this is one of my shorter, you know uh I don't want to say review. I don't I don't think I'm reviewing anything. Shorter descriptions, shorter conversations with myself about a game. It's a short game. It actually doesn't take long to beat it. Uh, there's multiple difficulties. Uh, there's some extra modes. There's a speed mode, speed run mode, which I don't give a fuck about speed running. I don't, it's, I never have really. And then there's a boss rush mode. So if you just want to fight the bosses, you can do that too. Uh, there was a recent patch where you could fight Iga, Koji Igarashi himself. That was pretty cool. I haven't, I watched, uh, one of my friends do it. I haven't done it, but, uh, Overall, it's just fun to play the game. You just, you go in, you mindlessly just fucking destroy enemies on the screen and have fun traversing the castle and playing with the abilities that Miriam uh, has. So, uh, I recommend anybody that's a fan of action, uh, try it out. I'm really cu- I, I really would urge people who haven't played this kind of game to go in and try it out because it's it's a genre that I grew up on it's as you can see it's still here it's made a way to come back a lot of independent studios do the side scrolling stuff the two dimensional stuff it's it's fun for a reason man it's good stuff so I would urge people who haven't tried this genre to to try out Bloodstained and see what you think but uh other than that Love the game. I think it's great. Buy a copy. You won't regret it. Hatori Danzo is out. You guys have a great one.